live from the dungeon of Northeast Philadelphia, this is the John Albatross Show. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? As you can see, I've decided um, we're keeping the same band as the theme song, but we're changing the song. So instead of I Am The Night, Color Me Black, the song is going to be Lay Down. The song was in uh, Guitar Hero 3, and that's not the reason. I actually like the band, and I was very stoked when uh, I played the game and that was in there, but that's not the reason. Uh, the reason was I actually had somebody, they were like, ah, dude, that song's kind of fucking annoying, and uh, I disagreed with them, but I can see where it gets a, can get a little annoying, so uh, I'm just going to change it. The band is the same, the album is the same. The song is different. It is the next track on that album. So if uh, you're into rock and roll and you like a band that rocks out, I think in the late 2000s, early uh, 10s, I guess you would call the 2010s, I thought they were the best band in rock and roll. And uh, yeah, from now on, Lay Down from Priestess instead of I Am The Night, Color Me Black will be the theme song. So, I'm going to try to get you two episodes this week, this one, and another one, because now I have to pay for Podbean, so I might as well fucking put as much as I can out if I'm paying money, not that it's a lot of money, but might as well pay some money. If I'm paying money, I might as well put some content out, and it just makes me a little more uh, ambitious. So... A lot happening, a very sad day for Philadelphians. Now, I was a kid during the time, but if you were alive and you had a recollection of the early 90s and you were in Philadelphia, you knew about the Philadelphia Phillies in the year 1993, Darren Dalton, the all-star catcher, probably... One of the best power hitting catchers of all time. I mean, Johnny Bench obviously is the best. Mike Piazza. But anyway, Darren Dalton, he was battling brain cancer for quite a, like, I don't know, almost a decade or within it like that. He recently passed away from brain cancer and... That's a big hit for uh, anybody, especially the 93 Phillies, which were probably, in my opinion, if not uh, almost every Philadelphian's opinion, the most beloved sports team in the history of Philadelphia. Our prayers go out to the family and condolences to Darren Dalton and the the Phillies organization. That team really, uh, really brought this town together. I must have went to like 12 games that year with my dad. My dad said he went to like five without me. He went to 17 games. They broke fucking attendance records that year. And uh, yeah, it's a special thing for Philadelphia. R.I.P. Dutch. It's shitty, man, when you feel like you're getting old, all your heroes are starting to die. But... Yep, you will be missed.
speaking of that, man, like, my favorite player on that 93 team was Lenny Dykstra. And he was in jail. Uh, when I first went on Twitter, like, I did my private Twitter before it got shut down and, like, deleted from Twitter for some odd reason. I didn't go on there for a while because it was all fucking porn bots. But I, I was tearing it up on Twitter, dude. I, like, I was fucking killing it on Twitter. But uh, anyway, so Charlie Sheen, when he had that thing with the two and a half men, they dropped him off when he was a uh, banging Brie Olsen, the porn star, and that other fucking floozy who nobody knew of. Nobody. Nobody knew of. He was, like, uh, talking about Lenny Dykstra and shit, and Lenny Dykstra was like, uh, yo, Lenny, fucking, you are my favorite player growing up. My number was four playing baseball, and I played center field just like you. I get a fucking shout-out or whatever, and, uh, he direct messaged me and was such a fucking dick. Like, man, like, you were, and he was in prison at the time, too, which was fucking funny, but, man, fuck Lenny Dykstra. Eh, my number was also four, because my birthday's on the fourth. But, uh, yeah, that's my number four. And, uh, yeah, I was a center fielder. Lenny was a center fielder. We were both four. He was, like, my favorite player growing up, next to Mike Schmidt. But, uh, when I was, like, four or five years old, Mike Schmidt finally retired. And, uh, they got Lenny Dykstra. And Lenny Dykstra played the position I played, so I liked him. But, um, anyway... Let's not rehash the 93 Phillies, because I'll be here all fucking day. I remember a funny story about that. I was up, It was me, my buddy Kev, and my buddy Rob. We were at his house. Uh, his parents were away, and we were drinking. We just got out of high school. I was almost 19. They were just turning 18. And we were just drinking at their house. So uh, we were drinking at Rob's house. And there's this one kid there who was like, he was a cool kid, he was a freshman when we were all like juniors and shit, and uh, he came out, he was drinking with us, <clears throat> and uh, me and Kev were, uh, we were doing shots for the 93 Phillies, and we were just naming players off, and we were like, hey, you know what, we don't have enough fucking alcohol here cause to do this, so we're just going to do one for the whole team, and... <clears throat> Then we were doing shots for just, like, other people. Like, uh, I was like, okay, I got one, I got one. He's like, what? Teron Hextall. And then it's like, yes, Teron. Like, everybody's just like, oh, my God, they're fucking just doing shots for fucking random people. And then Kev came out with the one. He said, I'm going to do this last shot. And this is going to be the one to end it all because there's not that much liquor left and we've been fucking polishing this off. <clears throat> okay, this next one is to Grant Hill. Not for his basketball playing abilities. And then me and him stopped. It's like, because he drinks Sprite. Because of that old fucking Sprite commercial. Alright. So, basically, that's my thing with the 93 Phillies. I could fucking go on for fucking hours about that fucking team. And we were about to do shots. We had to just do one shot for the whole team because it was getting out of hand. For naming all the players. And we weren't... It's like, ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna just name fucking... 
We were naming the fucking 40-man roster guys on there. That's how out of hand it got. Who the fuck is your favorite backup catcher from the fucking early 90s? Or who's your favorite 40-man guy off the fucking Philadelphia Phillies in 1993? Who the fuck says shit like that? That's the type of team they were. But, anyway... I want to get a little, uh... Not political, but like socio-political, I guess. I'm going to talk about racism. You know, you got this whole Colin Kaepernick thing in the news. Like, he's not getting picked up by any teams. And it's... Jay Cutler just got picked up by the... Dolphins, because Tannehill went out, and I can understand that a little bit. I, there was a rhyme to a re- to reason for that. Adam Gase is the coach of the Dolphins, and he was the quarterbacks coach for the fucking Bears while Cutler was there, so he knows his system. I understand it. It's <sighs> Cutler's a decent talent. It's just he just never let his fucking game. His pro game was fucking horrible. Like, he has all the talent. He just, he got the, or not the talent. He's got the tools, he just don't have the talent, if that makes sense. But, um, also there's a movie coming out. A couple movies, like I've been saying on Instant, uh, Instant Messenger. Fucking years this. Come on, talk about the 93 Phillies and I'm saying Instant Messenger. Instagram and the Facebook. It's called uh, Who's Streets about Ferguson. And there's another movie coming out that's probably going to win fucking several Academy Awards from Catherine Bigelow, the Academy Award director of The Hurt Locker, and also the original Point Break, which nobody understands, and they don't really even remember that. And... <clears throat> What else did she do uh, that was a good movie that I liked? Strange Days. Fucking great movie. That's another one about socio-political fucking things with racism. Check that movie out. It's a little long, but it's a fucking great movie with Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, uh, the fucking bad guy from The Crow, Michael Wincott, and uh, Tom Sizemore is in it. But a great movie, great fucking sci-fi movie. Definitely check that out. It's called Strange Days. Fucking amazing, in my opinion. I like it. I'll watch it fucking so many times. That's probably my favorite Catherine Bigelow movie. Thought it was way better than The Hurt Locker. But that movie, Detroit, uh, the thing with it is I think it's going to be a good movie. And that was a very big thing in Detroit was... Was the, there were riots and stuff because of racial, uh, just, yeah, there was riots, the city was burning, fucking, they had a thing, documentary called Detroit is Burning, it was one of them 30 for 30s on ESPN that was great, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of those movies coming out right now, and, uh, there's just a lot of racial undertones, and, I just want to put my my two cents in this. Like, um, Ice-T is in a hardcore group called Body Count. He's got a new album with Body Count called No Lives... Or not No Lives Matter. It's called Bloodlust, but there's a song on there called No Lives Matter. 
and he says in the beginning, like, he puts out a real good message, and then he basically, the song's about, like, uh, hey, you know what, racism is real, it's, we're not denying that, but there's a bigger picture that we all have to get to, and that's a good, I think that's a great message, and I agree with him 100%, dude. But, there is racism, and... I talked about it on my first episode with the Jersey Violators, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to put up. I may put it up soon. But, yes, the Jersey Violators, we were talking about it. Somebody was wearing a Matt Geiger jersey. And Matt Geiger played for the 2001 76ers, which was another really beloved team in this town. Not as much as the... 93 Phillies or the 2004 Eagles, but he was like, I guess he was like solid, like eighth man off the bench. Like he wasn't like this fucking, oh man, yeah, you put him in there to stop. He wasn't like uh, Aaron McKee, the sixth man who really like tore it up. There, there was two fucking superstars and Hall of Famers on that team in 2001. You had Dikembe Mutombo and you had Allen Iverson. Out of them two, you cho- two all-stars, you chose to get a fucking Matt Geiger jersey. And with the name like Geiger, you have to fucking... You have to just assume he's fucking white. Not like Dennis Schroeder. Matt Geiger is fucking white as shit. He's bald and has a goatee. He looks like someone's fucking stern dad. Alright. But, um... Yeah, so we're like, you're too fucking stingy, you can't buy a fucking black guy's jersey. Like, seriously? How fucking stupid is that, that you wasted all that money on a Matt Geiger jersey? He's... (laughs) It's baffling to me, but there are assholes that'll do that. And we were saying, growing up in Mayfair and Holmesburg, you saw a lot of kids with football jerseys, there were Mike Allstott jerseys. Now... Allstott was a hell of a player, and I'll give him that. It's the same thing with Larry Bird. Larry Bird's arguably a top ten player in NBA history, but fucking people weren't buying fucking Larry Bird jerseys in that neighborhood because fucking Larry Bird was a top ten player. It was mostly Irish, but yeah, like, it was fucking funny. And that, that was the conversation we had with that. But, there's, yeah, I mean, another big thing was uh, Madden 12. It was the fan vote for Madden 12. Like, the fans got to vote who was going to don the cover that year. And this is where you had to fucking know... And this is how, it's like, okay, you know what? It's not as bad as it was back in the fucking 60s, the 30s, the 1800s, the 50s, and all that. It had that whole civil rights movement. It's not as bad as that. Because, you know, we both, like, black folk and white folk, they can, uh... They can share the same water fountains now, and they can share the same bathrooms. We elected a black man for president. But, 
this is where it got like it, it, it was just funny shit was funny to me because you had uh yeah the final two ca- people were it was Peyton Hillis and it was Michael Vick now Vick uh he was playing for the Eagles that year he was like the second best player in the league like his he had a monster year Kevin Cobb got hurt, he came in, and he just had a monster year, and they really wanted to put him on the cover just for that, but he had that whole fucking dogfighting ring, and that could have turned a lot of people off, but I don't even, who the fuck were you in your top four? I knew the top two were Michael Vick and Peyton Hillis of the Cleveland Browns. But anyway, the fan vote was in, and Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden 12, and there's fucking so many whiteys fucking rejoicing. Like, oh, he's a fucking beast. He did this and that. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? He's a fucking fullback, and he had a good year. Like, ah, dude, you picked him up on your waiver wire in fantasy. He might have helped you fucking win a few games because he had did have a good year. He had almost 1,100 rushing yards and, like, eight touchdowns. But Jesus Christ, he's not... His rating wasn't even a top 10 fucking player. Wasn't even in the top 20. He was, like, in the fucking top 60 or 70 players. And people can argue with me, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I think Peyton Hillis got that because he was an underdog guy, and he did this, and no, it's clearly not, because your top four, I can understand you didn't want Vic in there because of fucking Vic being a convicted fucking felon. I understand that a hundred, I'll understand that a hundred percent. But don't tell me you voted for fucking Peyton Hillis just because he was a fucking beast. Like, don't tell me that shit. It's he won it because the fans voted, and he fucking the, the fucking white boy won. Now, don't get me wrong here when I say that. Like, oh man, I'm like one of those, you know, I'm having white guilt about that. Like, last year, you had fucking Rob Gronkowski. Gronk's a fucking beast. He's a tight end. He gets, like, a fucking thousand receiving yards a year, and he gets, like, fucking 15 touch. He, he gets over 10 touchdowns a year. That's a fucking beast. That's a guy you could say, oh, man, he's a beast. He's a great player. He could go down, as if he stays healthy, as the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Or the greatest receiving tight end to play the game. Or one of them. It's going to have a lot of fucking... A long way to beat Tony Gonzalez. Yes, a Mexican is the greatest tight end of all time. Receiving tight end, I should say. And nobody will deny that. I don't give a fuck. Like, you can say all you want. Fucking Tony Gonzalez is the greatest receiving tight end of all time as of right now. And he should get into the Hall of Fame, no problem. That sucks, like, a year after he retires, the fucking Falcons go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, like, Gronk's a beast. This year they put Tom Brady on the cover. Like, fucking Tom Brady, 
definitely have an asterisk next to his name. He won five Super Bowls. Asterisk. But, yeah, you know, he's on. Fucking another white guy, but he's Tom fucking Brady. He's arguably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, if not the best. Super Bowl-wise, he's the best quarterback because he won the most. He beat fucking Terry Bradshaw and uh, Joe Montana. Yes, I know, it's Joe Montana. He was my favorite player growing up. But a big thing is to what I'm trying to, I try to explain to people. Like, they're going on these things like uh, fucking racism and blah, 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 and then they just really get under my fucking skin with that, because, look, I'm not the guy who's trying to fucking be like the, okay, maybe let's just not cause a fucking scene, I'm the guy here who's fucking telling you, yes, racism exists, yes, there's people that are racist, I know quite a few racists, black and white and Hispanic, there's racism everywhere, it's really not going to change in America, but it is going to change. Like, it's gotten a lot better. Like, you have to realize, there's a comedian, uh, Ryan Davis, he's a pretty funny guy. He was talking about the Kaepernick thing and all that. The average NFL owner is about 70 plus years old. He's almost 70 years old. Like, these fucking people who own sports teams, they're all fucking old. They're all cotchety. And that's, like, a lot of people, like, when you look in the politics, too. Look who you have in politics right now. Our fucking president is 70 fucking years old. Blacks weren't allowed to vote until the fucking... 52 years ago. They weren't allowed to vote until the fucking 60s, dude. That's how fucking crazy this is. And you got a lot of people that are in there. Like, let's look at Mitch McConnell is 80 years old. That turtle-faced fuck. Oh, and, and you know, and then I don't listen. It's like, he don't fucking care. You're not going to change him. Like, even if, like, when Trump won, Bill Maher said it, and I agreed with him with this. You know what? He's going to be the last, like, I wish America was like it was back in the 50s guy. Because these people, they're going to, they're, how much more time do they have on this earth? Like, it's not going to, like, Rome wasn't built in a day is what I'm trying to say about racism. Like, these social war, justice warriors that go on there and say all this shit. They go on Facebook, they're always posting something. And they're always, you keep posting shit like that, these people are winning. These old politicians, these old fucking people who have all this fucking money, this is what they want you to do. They want you to fucking get fucking riled up and have this, so they can be like, well, you know what? I told you I was right. Like, fucking... The show Sanford and Son. Hey, man, that was a show that taught us all. Hey, you know what? We ain't so different after all. The only fucking thing that's really different is the color of our skin. But what's going to happen, I guarantee you, over the next 20 years, 
the race thing in this country is not going to be nearly as bad as it is right now. It's slowly but surely getting better. And people have to realize this is one of them situations where it's going to slowly but surely get better. I mean, for fuck's sake, Strom Thurmond, possibly the most racist man in the fucking history of the United States Congress, well, from my time, he served as a senator for the state of South Carolina until he was 100 years old. Like, they kept voting him in. Like, he was a hundred fucking years old. He's not going to change. Like, Warren Hatch is the friggin' president pro tempore, which if you don't know what that is, it's the fucking president of the Senate. He's basically the fourth man on the pecking order. So, it goes president, vice president, speaker of the house, president pro tempore. So, he's the fourth in line to be president if anything catastrophic would happen. Which, I'm not going to say I hope something catastrophic happens to Trump because then you have Mike Pence, you have Paul Ryan, and then you have Warren Hatch. It's a lose, 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 lose. I just hope, like, yeah, no. I don't wish anything bad. We, at least for the next couple years, like, we we need these people to fucking stay alive and stay out of trouble. But, yeah, like, these people, like, stop posting shit on there. Stop fucking having, like, all this bullshit. Stop fucking rioting. The more you do that, the more these people, like, the KKK... And you can tell that this shit, like, racism hasn't, isn't really, like, the KKK and these fucking white skinhead groups, like, the white skinhead groups, yeah, you know, they're, they're getting a little bit higher, but the KKK, they're not as prevalent as they were back in, like, the fucking 50s and 60s. Like, people are fucking actually sickened by them. And even, like, the skinheads and shit, there's, yeah, like, they might have a little bit of a boost or whatever right now, but a lot of people are still sickened, like, we're working together as a fucking country, and that's the whole fucking message of this rant, is, hey, you know what, maybe we shouldn't fucking try to point the fingers, maybe we should work together and try to make a fucking, we should solve this problem. Because it's not just about that. Because let me tell you, people, even if you're a racist, and even if you're like this, oh, yeah, well, fucking, the Mexicans are taking the jobs, this and that. Let me just tell you, if the police are getting away with this, or anything, if you think it's like, well, these police, if they're doing this to minorities, what do you think is going to happen when it happens to you? Like, really, honestly, we don't have money. I don't have fucking money. Like, I work fucking paycheck to paycheck. I'm trying to go back to school next year. I work paycheck to paycheck. You know what? 
I go to jail, I get shot, it's not going to be in the fucking news. It's not going to be this, or it will be in the news, and it will be a, a fucking thing. But we're all in this together. If we all get on the same page, we can fucking make it better. We can solve the problems. That's what I'm trying to get to, and that's what I've been preaching. Like, I don't give a fuck what you are. I work in the medical field. I fucking don't fucking judge you by race. I don't judge you by your insurance. I treat you as a fucking patient. The higher acuity, the more care you get. Like, I don't care what color you are. If you're having a fucking stroke, you're getting my fucking attention right away. I'll pretty much not drop what I'm doing, but if I hear that somebody's a fucking stroke coming in or really bad trauma... I'm right there. Why? Because it's my job. And I can't fucking... Dis- not, I can't discriminate. I don't discriminate. Like, we have egos. And I can tell you, every fucking person in the medical field has a fucking ego when it comes to that shit. Like, I'll do fucking CPR for a fucking hour on a patient. If I save that patient... I'll be exhausted, but I could go home. Or I could just be like, well, you know, um, I saved somebody today. (laughs) And you don't think doctors are the same way. You're out of your fucking mind. And nurses. But, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Racism does exist, people. But the reason that it exists is because After the civil rights movement, there was people that just didn't want to accept the fact of the fucking civil rights movement. So what are they doing? They're still trying to fucking bring us down. Everything that, like, our parents fought for, my parents at least, my fucking dad was born in the 50s, he grew up in the 60s, shit, he was in the pinnacle of that fucking thing. But everything we fought for, man, they're just trying to tear down. And it's the people that are fucking super old and they don't fucking care. They're in their 70s, they're in their 80s. They're set in their ways. Like the thing, like I said, the thing with fucking a lot of old money, there's people that just have fucking money. It's like, now it's going on another topic it's like the baby boomers versus the millennials everybody thinks millennials are pieces of shit because they bitch they complain they do this like uh i'm so sick of hearing baby boomers talk about yeah well you know what i went to what's it called i worked hard i did this and this is what i did i married out of high school and i did this hey my friends are having kids now My one buddy Kev, he's having a kid now. They're in their 30s. He didn't get married. He was with his girlfriend for fucking 10 years before they got married. Times have changed, and the times are changing. Like, you bought a house for $30,000. Now it's fucking worth four times that much. You worked a summer job and saved up, and that could pay for college, and you can pay for your books your tuition, and maybe have a couple fucking beers. Or you can get a fucking part-time job while you're in school, and you can fucking just use that for beer money and food. 
you can't do that anymore. It's like you had a nice union job where you had fucking great benefits. Like, if you got hurt. Christ, if you're lucky, like, my job now, I work at a fucking hospital. And I work with one of the biggest systems in the, the city of Philadelphia. Thank God, like, if I go to the ER, my copay is only $150. And I have no deductible if I get fucking admitted or anything after that. But if I have to go to another hospital, like, God forbid, if I get burnt, I got a $750 deductible. How great is that? Like with this uh, Affordable Health Care Act, I went online. I'm like, okay, I got to get some health care. The cheapest plan was $90. And it's like... It was basically catastrophic. So, essentially, I would have had to pay $6,000 deductible. Which, if I'm sick, that's not really that bad. But, I'm really never that sick, so why am I paying $90? Like, it's like the times have changed. Some of us are working, like, I nurses for Christ's sake they're making decent money they're working two three some of them two or three jobs the nurses I work with just so they can afford their homes and cars and it's not like they're driving these fucking exquisite cars and everything like doctors now like Christ if you want to be a doctor there's a reason why there's not that many doctors anymore because med school costs so much fucking money and you're going to be in school for eight years. And then when you get out of school, what are you going to do? Yeah, you got to do your residency for like four or five years. And a resident don't get paid shit. And then after your residency, you can apply to be a fucking supervising doctor somewhere. But it's like, holy shit, dude. You're going to be paying off your school pretty much till five years before you retire. Like, the times have changed. Shit has gone up and nobody, the wages haven't. Like, what we all need to do is we all need to work together. And and the big thing, too, I don't like about the fucking baby boomers and fucking millennials thing. Is the millennials... We're here, like our generation, and I say this too, a lot of people get fucking pissed off when I say it, saying the millennials have no fucking respect. They don't respect anything. They don't do this. And I said, that's bullshit. You know, my father told me, my grandfather told me, my grandfather who would have been in his 90s, he would have been 95 years old if he was alive today, he always told me, in order to get, earn, get, you don't get respect, you earn respect. So if people are being disrespectful to me, I'm not going to fucking respect them. If people could fucking act like assholes to me, go fuck yourself, buddy. I'm not here to help you. 
But this is what, like, the baby boomers, they're like, I demand respect because we're fucking... And it's like, dude, that's not how it works. And I always joke around, I said, World War II, the greatest generation, they were uh, considered the greatest generation because what they did, they're, they persevered through a whole bunch of shit. They went through the Great Depression, the Big War, and they came out, they put all these programs in place and America was thriving then you got the baby boomers who just fucking feels like all that they care about is really just getting fucking rich like it's time for them they're in their fucking 60s now man like uh the fucking the world war 2 fucking guys like the greatest generation now what those people did to the baby boomers they were teaching them they were passing the torch it's time to pass the torch to the millennials baby boomers because we're the future now and it's over for you guys like show us hey we're basically going in here blind it's the blind leading the blind with our generation with the millennials or generation Y whatever you want to call it that's and I always say it's like what torch that's like my mom what torch needs to be passed I'm like you're part of the problem so you, know, you could say whatever you want that's it's the damn truth though the millennials here man it's like we're basically blind we're leading the blind a lot of these kids now coming out, they're going in there, they're coming out of fucking school with ridiculous amounts of debt. They can't get work. It's like nobody showed us what to do. Nobody showed us, like, fuck, dude, I didn't learn how to fucking write a resume until I was 30 years old. I didn't know how to tie a tie until I was fucking 30, almost 30 years old. Shit, I didn't even know how to... Like, I dressed like a fucking slob until I was almost 30 years old. Now I'm fucking Mr. GQ. Well, not really, but if I have to fucking clean up and dress up right, trust me, I'm fucking dressing like a motherfucking... a motherfucking boss, dude. You're gonna think I'm fucking... way fucking more successful than I am. But... Anyway... That's my thoughts. Uh, thanks to the John Oliver thing, I'm going to say, uh, we did have a big boom, a big spike. And, yeah, fucking tell everybody, we're going to be here. We're going to keep going on. This is John Albatross. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Podbean. And... Catch you on the flip side. Peace.